Welcome to the School of Humanity podcast. You are made in the image and likeness of God. Not only does God long for you, but you are like Him. What does this mean for you? How does it affect your view of God? How does it affect your view of yourself? How does that affect everything? This, this is, is the School, School of, of Humanity. Humanity. Hello and welcome to the School of Humanity. This is Rachel Bullman and Jason Bullman, episode 50, right? I think so. Can you believe we've done 50 uh, podcasts? It's been going on for quite a while. I know, I know. Um, Happy New Year. We, um, I was just, pull, we were just got back from the gym not so long ago and we were pulling up and I was thinking our neighbors probably think we're crazy because our lights are still up. Some of them, some of them are up, not all of them, but you know. We're just one day late. One day late, you know, so not a big deal. Um, anyway, we hope that your Christmas season was awesome. We hope that your ordinary time is going to be even more awesome. Um, that's one of my favorite things about the Catholic Church is the Christmas season, because, you know, I didn't get a Christmas season when I was a kid. That's true. You got Christmas Day. Yeah. Your family is a little fanatical over Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they still, like, don't get the whole concept of Advent, though. Not quite yet. Right. So tell tell everybody about Christmas at your mom's house. Um, well, I mean, it's kind of like your typical um, secular notion where... Christmas begins somewhere right after Thanksgiving, and um, you go into winter wonderland mode. What is what is winter wonderland mode? The Bullman house. <laughs> so honey? there's like, listen, at, at least two Christmas. We trees. have to preface this that I did not experience winter wonderland in my home growing up. So why does that matter? I mean, because it was it was a bit of a shock my first Christmas with the Bullman family. So, so two Christmas trees. Shock and amazement. Shock and amazement for sure. Um, so two Christmas trees. Yeah, and we got to have one Christmas tree just for angels. Literally just angels. Other Christmas tree yeah. is like a normal Christmas tree. Yeah. Um, I think there used to be a third one. Yeah, I feel like there's a hundred and fifty Santa Clauses. There is. There used to be a train track that goes around one of them, and um, definitely... I like that you just kind of, like, skated over the fact there's 150 Santa Claus. <laughs> there is at least one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and there's probably, like, 10 to 12 stockings. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, Jason's stocking still has his high school picture on there. So, it's pretty great. Uh, I mean, you know, why not you gotta a lot hate? of people, not a lot of people have that. You know what I'm saying? So, anyway, um, <laughs> that is beside the point. But way off topic. I always say that I want to drop, just drop off our kids to your mom and dad, um, like on, like right after Thanksgiving, because we're never, ever, ever gonna be able to <laughs> keep up with that. So. Like beat them. I'm sure that one day the kids will be like, not that it's a competition, but the kids one day will be like, why don't we decorate like Grandma and Pop Pop? They have asked me before, like, why does it take us so long to put up our lights? So yeah, well, that's mostly because Daddy has to work. Yes, but <laughs> we didn't tell everyone. So we this year because there was you know when Christmas is over for the world, they put all the Christmas stuff up for sale. So we bought 
a ton of purple Christmas lights because we are going to just put purple lights out next year. I think um, just during Advent. Right. So, yeah. and we think we'll, we'll, we'll probably get a tree and then just put purple lights on it until Christmas Day. And then we started a new tradition where our kids get a Christmas tree. They each have a small Christmas tree in their room, and but it doesn't get to go up until Christmas Day. So we just took those down today as well. So um, we'll probably put purple lights on the tree, right, until Christmas? Yes. Yeah. So that way we actually have an Advent season and then Christmas, probably before Midnight Mass, maybe we can decorate the Christmas tree like legit. Yeah, we did Midnight Mass this year with the kids. That was our first time doing that, too. Yeah, and it um, went fine. Yeah, it was awesome. Four did kids. and Oh, yeah, and they, like, wore... Because I had originally thought that we were going to put them in pajamas, but then we were like, it's a Midnight Mass, like, they need to dress up. So they went and um, they dressed up. Everyone fell asleep, right, except Gabriel? No, they all did. They all did, and we woke Gabriel up to receive, Yeah. right? Um. So awesome, but it was a really, really beautiful night. And uh, anyway, we thought that for this podcast, we would talk to you about what you are all probably doing right now in the new year, um, which is making resolutions and trying to get more organized, right? That's a big thing usually with people in the new year. In fact, if you go to like Lowe's or Target or Walmart or something, right now they usually have a ton of storage stuff for sale like on 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 mm. sale not for sale because it's always on sale anyway i think everybody is what i'm saying right <laughs> right so um i have a long time ago when it came out in 2014 there is this old woman that wrote a book um called the the joy i think it's the joy no the life-changing magic of tidying up and uh, one of my friends told me about it. And she was like, you have to get it because you're going to throw away everything you own. <laughs> I think that was the pitch that you I told you about. And you're like, yeah, we should get it. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> We've definitely had conversations where we're like, can we just throw everything away and just start over? Right. I can't function when there's mess everywhere, to right. be honest. So then he had four children. So right. That, that, gets that a was little probably a bad idea. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so they um, are slightly messy. They, you know, they tend to make a mess. Yeah, but my, my whole thing is, like, if the baseline is tidy, like, and and we don't have, like, an overabundance of stuff, right. then when, when you it have gets to clean messy, up, it's, it's not, not, so, it's not so bad, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, so Jason, before he got home today, um, I, I one of my favorite texts all day long is the text that says, I'm on my way home, but... Number one, because I can't wait to see him. But it's also like, it's like ride or die time. Like I need to get up and get the house cleaned if I haven't done that all day long. So um, today was one of those days because usually Monday's coming off the weekend. pretty rough. So I'm pretty tired and don't do anything most of the day except play with the kids. So today um, was like that. So when he texted me, it like jumped up and was like in a frenzy trying to get everything cleaned. Um, not because... Jason demands that of me, but because I know that it helps him and because I love him, I want to provide that kind of environment for him. So, um, thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> All the women that are listening were waiting on edge for like, that's that. What a jerk. <laughs> um, so, 
the kids are helping me. And Gemma has this huge obsession with My Little Pony and Hatchimals right now. I think they're going to take over our house. So she had all of them out in the living room today. It looked like an explosion. They were everywhere. Yeah. Um, but uh, <clears throat> anyway, so I think it's true to think about the fact that like if there's if there's a baseline maintenance and it, it, it reduces the clutter. So um, the other night, I think last week or something, I was showing Jason that Marie Kondo, who is the one who wrote the book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, um, has a Netflix show now. So um, if you're not familiar with it, it's called The Kari Mondo. Wait, Kari Moncar? I don't remember. Uh, the KonMari Method. Just kidding. Holy moly, The KonMari Method. <laughs> I should market that other one. <laughs> but The Ka Kari Mondo. Did I just say it again? Uh, wrong? You did it wrong again. <laughs> late um, i'm not even going to say the name of it anymore because i think everyone Kanmari method um and it's the japanese art of decluttering and organizing so <clears throat> for those of you that are not familiar with it um it is it this woman that she has always been obsessed with cleaning um and tidying it up uh so she said that when she was a child she used to love it like always loved cleaning up um <laughs> so <laughs> i wish that she was my child but anyway um, i love her already right right so she loves cleaning up so she's developed this method of cleaning up um her method though is where she she kind of says that you need to do it in one fell swoop like she doesn't and she encourages people to realize that their life should not be made up of constantly tidying up Right. Um, which a life with four kids, I feel like is constantly tidying right. up, you know? Right. Um, but she says, you know, if you, if you make it, if you do it all in one fell swoop, then if you declutter and then tidy up what's left, then life is better basically. Right. Um, so it seems like kind of an odd thing for us to talk about on the school of humanity podcast. But the reason why we wanted to bring this up was because I was watching the first episode the other night, um, and the things that were coming up, and, and I think the reason why our society right now, the world really, this show is like a huge hit for Netflix and for, for Marie Kondo. Um, but I think the reason why they are obsessed with it is because it has a lot to do with their hearts. Yeah, it's... um. It's a strangely like spiritual, um, right uh, thing that she does when she comes yeah, into and the she's, house. Yeah, she's obviously from Eastern culture, so right. everything is very Zen. She's also talked about the fact that she practices Shintoism, right? So um, there's a lot of that that comes out in the method, right? But if you get past all of that and look right. at the bare bones of it, um, so I'm going to walk you through just a little bit of the first episode. Sorry, spoilers if you haven't seen it yet. Um, you should watch it because it's pretty good. And it'll inspire you to like throw everything away in your house except for the things that spark joy. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, she, it's this couple. They um, have two children and they just live in a lot of clutter. So 
some takeaways here and we'll talk about each one. So the first takeaway is that when they're first interviewing the couple, they're kind of like getting the rundown of why they're inviting her into their house to declutter. And the couple kind of gets in the spat. Like the husband's like, the thing that really, truly, pardon my French, he says, the thing that really t- pisses me off is our laundry. And she's like, what? And he goes, yeah. He's like, I just can't stand that we have so much laundry and not enough time to do it that we hire someone to do it. <clears throat> and she's like, well, I just felt like we didn't have enough time, so we should just hire someone to bring it in here. I mean, that seems like a logical thing. And he's like, that just makes me so mad. Like, why Why don't we have enough time to do laundry? How do we have so much laundry and not enough time that we have to have someone else come in here and do that for us? Um, and so I think, and, and I would love to hear your thoughts, love, of course, um, But, and he ends up saying the two things that they fight about the most are money and cleaning. And she said a line too that kind of reminded me of us. (laughs) But she said, like a very extreme and bad version of us, but she says, um, I felt like when I met my husband, and her name was Rachel, oddly enough, she was like that he was very neat and tidy and then I came in and I kind of blew that up. So um, definitely <laughs> it's like our lives. So um, if you came in our house right now and you looked in Jason's like dresser drawers and then looked in my dresser drawers, I'm pretty sure you would think that our kids fold my clothes and put them away. Right. <laughs> but um, so anyway, what do you think, what comes to mind for you as far as like the fact that the laundry thing became. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's two extremes there. Like, um, well, first of all, when you're living with another person in community, you right. know, you have to each do your part and help out. And there's issues there. So if, if one partner feels like the other isn't doing enough, there's like this angst and, you know, things build up and then things can explode and feelings get hurt. And so it can be really bad. Yeah, um, I, mean, I think it's a lot of things for yeah. people that have been used <coughs> to kind of living alone. Right. And then live together. Um, yeah, that's particularly hard, especially for people who might be a little bit more, um, you know, uh, strict about right. the way they keep things. And um, I don't want to say OCD because that's kind of a bad thing to say, but just... You get what I'm saying. Particular. Um, Very particular about things. Um, I do think it's great, and there's a lot to be said. I think that even in monastic communities, when you look at the way that they have places for everything, they live simply, they don't have a lot of clutter. But it it makes it... It fosters prayer. It does. It fosters prayer, and it it, it aids in that simplicity. Like our kids... um, The way that our house is set up is that, you know, they have a giant, kind of a big playroom. um, And there was this kind of long open space. Like when you walk in, there was this space along the wall that there really wasn't anything. We had like a filing cabinet there and like a bunch of random stuff. And so I saw something and I was just telling Jason, I was like, now that they're all going to school, we should make them an area where they could do art and do work and and stuff like that. And so... um, we went to Ikea and got a couple of things. And that's like one of their favorite places to go. Like yeah. everything has a place. Yeah. And we kind of were getting a little crazy because they would come in the door 
you know how it is. I mean, we do it as adults. You come in the door and you just kind of throw off everything right there at the door. So we'd come in the door and all their shoes would be in the front of the door and like all their backpacks and things. And so um, it kind of just became this thing like we're going to uh, help them to realize that everything has a place. And they and once that was in place and you did a good job of that, and even when we organize the playroom, it's sort of, it's a good experiment with kids because you, you see the fruit of it because they're just free, you know, and they respond right. to what they see. And, and they actually so, play more in yeah, there when it's yeah. organized. Yeah, that's where I was going with it. I mean, they, like they can see they're going to use that space more and use it more effectively and with freedom and, and happily. But if there's stuff everywhere, I mean, if it fosters any kind of pr- play, it won't be really intelligent play it'll be right. just, just like throw, just a frenzy right. on right won't be as enjoyable and, and that kind of thing right well a couple of other really telling moments too was um uh, practicing some of her eastern philosophy Marie Kondo when they first came into the house and had already gone they went through and did a tour of everything um and then they sat on the floor and she said I like to greet the homes which is a whole other thing. But she goes, you know, I like to greet the homes and I'm going to go and tidy up. And and so the couple is kind of like, okay. <laughs> and But they're, she goes, well, you know, would you greet the home with me? And they're like, sure. Um, so there's like a very poignant moment of silence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're totally quiet. Now here the thing is, is that these people have just now laid out all of the things that, They've tried to hide, basically. Like, they've put out, this is how we put our kids' rooms together. And and there's one point where the woman, the mother, literally falls over a pile of stuff in one of the kids' rooms. Like, they're standing there talking, and she just slips and falls. And <laughs> the husband laughs, and he's like, <clears throat> it's totally official. Like, we have too much stuff. Like, you're falling over the stuff. So we need to do something about this. Um, and so they kind of, like, have to reside in this vulnerability to invite her into that. And then she, after they get done with this like moment of silence of greeting the home, the mother like breaks down. Like she starts crying. I think you walked in at one point cause you were like, is she crying right now? Are they like reflecting on the mess? <laughs> and was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they are. Um, but she said something like, I just can't wait for this to, to happen. Mm hmm. Um, and so I think that when you, you know, you think about like when you're about to face like a a closet that gets really, really cluttered or like a counter that gets really, really cluttered and you clean it all off. Like there is definitely a sense of peace when that's over. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and the thing about, um, the way that, uh, she does it is that, um, she makes it a a joyful experience and happy and puts it kind of in its right perspective because there are people who also become enslaved by being overly obsessed with having everything right. tidy all the time and so that defeats the whole purpose as well that's why i was saying there's in the like earlier like there's two extremes like you could be um really lackadaisical and just throw stuff everywhere and live in clutter and and messy but then you could go the other extreme of where like you're vacuuming the house while people are still there visiting you because you can't Mm. stand that they walked in with dirt on their feet you know what I mean like 
So either <laughs> either extreme is like, uh, you know, it's pretty bad. Yeah, pretty bad. So she she makes it a point to um, like they ask her like, does your house ever get cluttered? And she's like, yeah, of course it does. Right. You know? She has um, two small children. Right. So, um, and she invites them into right. So listen, this is a side note because we're we're nearing the end of the time for this this episode. But we're going to make this a two-part episode. This episode will continue to kind of recap and give our thoughts. But then in the next episode, we're going to bring this home and, like, bring home why we think the the tidying up show and why why spiritually this has to do with the heart of the human person. So um, anyway, so then there's a little bit later, just to go back to recapping, um, I don't think you saw this part, but one of the first things that she has them do is get all their clothes out. And so they get all of their clothes out and they tell the woman, they tell the mother, like, go and get all your clothes and put them in a pile on your bed and we're going to go through them. And she gets all the stuff out and you can tell that she's kind of shook just by getting all the stuff out. You know, she's like, I'm, I'm like embarrassed. Like she looked like she was going to cry. Yeah. And she was just like, I can't believe that I have all this stuff. Like, yeah. I'm embarrassed. Yeah. And so. She's probably the average, you know, American. I mean, yeah. Right. I mean, as I was watching, I was thinking to myself, like, we're so, and I catch myself Mm. doing it too, you know. Like, I I went to Target today to pick up a couple things. Um, Target's the worst. Jason always laughs because he like, he's like, you never spend less than a hundred bucks when you go to Target. I wish you wouldn't go in there. Um, But I was in there and that happened you know I remember walking through and I saw because you know right after Christmas there's such a temptation because everything goes on sale everything it feels like and so um I'm walking through and various things looking at different things and and I'm notorious for putting things into my cart and then like right before I'm about to go up I end up putting back like 80 percent of all the stuff that I got um, which is kind of sad because why can't I practice enough control to not put it in my cart in the first place, you know? Um, but we just have so much consumerism mindset mm-hmm. that it's like, I don't really know if I need this, but I just want more stuff. Right. Well, I mean, that, that's the trick, though, is like when you see it, you are convinced in one way that you do need it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, there's such an attraction. You're like, oh, I can't let that go. Right. You know, um, especially when they, quote unquote, make it a deal, you know. Right. <laughs> it was this and now it's this. Right. Okay. Like, literally, like. this is the most ridiculous <laughs> thing. A few weeks ago, we were at a, one of the young adults got married over the Christmas break. And um, during the Christmas season. I was trying to find things for the kids to do in the hotel. So we had gone into Target. They had this awesome set of markers that were like the markers, Mr. Sketch markers. Mm -hmm. And some of them, you know, like are scented. So originally I remember in Christmas I saw it and it was like 30 bucks. So when we went, when I went to Target then, it was on sale for like 15 or something like that. And so today I'm there. And it's on sale for like nine bucks. And I'm think I literally had a moment where I was like, we should get, we should have another set of these Mr. Sketch markers. I mean, that's a great deal. And then I'm like, you are an idiot. Walk away from these stupid markers. <laughs> um, but so the next thing too, is that um, 
they go through, they end up cleaning the house. Um, there's a moment where they interview the dad, just to bring the dad a little bit more into this. They interview the dad, and the dad says, you didn't get to see this either, but he says, I, I just can't stand the clutter. Like, it feels like we're constantly cleaning the house. And then he said, and when I come home from work, that's not what I want to do. Like, I want to be able to be with my family. I don't feel like we have enough time together. And I can honestly say that, like, my kids are not getting the best of me because I feel like we have too much stuff. Yeah. And and you can tell he gets a little choked up. And he's like, I can't believe I just said that. He's like, I can't. That really sucks to say that out loud, that my kids aren't getting the best of me because we have too much stuff. Yep. So <laughs> yeah, that strikes the heart right there. Right. Yeah, yeah, because and that's another reason. Like I said earlier, that um, sometimes I will literally just kick my own butt trying to get the house in order all day right. long. Because when Jason gets home, I mean, he's worked, you know, like a seven to ten hour shift. No, not uh, have you ever worked a seven hour shift? No. Um, <laughs> like a ten to sixteen hour shift, I think is more accurate. Right. Um. And I know that when you come home, you want to be dad. Yeah. And, you know, it's not like when I come <coughs> home, it's like, oh, I've worked so hard and I don't want to work anymore. It's not that. It's just like like the guy said. I mean, when you come home, you want to have leisure with your family right. and be there with your kids. <coughs> but I know that if we don't get stuff done, then we're going to be waiting to do it after they go to sleep, which then means that I go to bed late, which then means you know, whatever reading we need to do for the diaconate or, uh, you right. know, for the, these podcasts or for um, our young adult ministry. Or just or to have the time to pray. Yeah, just you know? to have time Forget for all that. Like, yeah. just to pray. And, and, and you know, it's like, oh, I really want to go. <laughs> I really need to get some sleep. Right. So let me do this work now. And then, you know, then you take time away from the kids and they have to right. just take shower and brush their teeth and all that. So... It really does make a huge difference when you have less stuff and you don't have to right. spend so much time on that. Right. So we are going to end this podcast now because, and we're going to come back to this. So in the meantime, before our next podcast comes, you should try to go, if you have Netflix, try to go and watch um, the first episode of Tidying Up. And then maybe this could connect some dots for you, too. And then the next episode, we're going to continue maybe recapping a couple of other things about that particular episode. But also want to try to bring that home and bring home Asedia um, and also our spiritual lives and what, what our obsession with getting organized and tidying up really, I think, has to do with that core. So thank you so much for listening. It's so good to be back with you guys. We're praying for you. Pray for us. God bless.